0: this game about a little over a year ago. We're going to do it again, see if you remembered it, okay? See if you think you can uh, remember, maybe, maybe. Uh, Who am I? Who am I? Little word game. I'm the fiercest, meanest little warrior on planet Earth, George. Uh, I've started more wars. I've caused more divorces. I've motivated more murders than anything else in all of history. Um, I've broken up more friendships. I've initiated more church divisions and splits. I've caused more hurt, heartache than anything else in all the annals of history. And yet, being this destructive, I'm a fearsome featherweight, weighing in at less than three ounces on average. Who am I? Any guesses? Any guesses? I am the human tongue, right there, right there. Yeah, you want to stick your tongue out at somebody? Fearsome featherweight. Yeah, show them. Yeah, don't mess with this. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today, the dynamite in your dentures. Uh, This two to three ounce slab of muscle, I I didn't realize it's actually a muscle, uh, mucous membrane and nerves that enable us to chew and taste and swallow food, and the tongue enables us to speak. And articulate words. Uh, the tongue is the most powerful and deadly muscle in our bodies, I think by far, because in our tongues is the power to praise and encourage and build other people up. And also in our tongues, we have the power to curse and insult and be harsh with others. The power to be kind and loving and patient with other people, and we also have the power to criticize and gossip and tear other people apart. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. The tongue has the power of death and life. The tongue has the power of death and or life. Either our words will build others up and encourage and bless the people around us, or our words will demolish and damage and destroy those who are around us. Would you locate with me? If you uh, have your phone, if you're watching online, you can go to the version and dial up Ephesians chapter 4, or uh, you can do it the old-fashioned way, just open up your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, where the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus writing to the church at Walloon Lake, and he tells us how we should be speaking. Stand if you're able. Uh, we're going to start with verse 29. We're going to read down through verse 32. Ready? Come out of your mouths, but all are building others up according. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, just as in Christ God forgave you. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we need your help here this morning. I know at least I do. Uh, Once again, I'm talking about an area that uh, I'm not always strong in. So thank you for the privilege of opening up your inspired book. And Lord, help us to understand clearly how you expect us to speak to one another. Lord, uh, I'm reminded all weekable of some really ugly, vicious, venomous words that quickly and even destroy the people that we love the most. Would you help us, Lord? Help us to hear clearly uh, the challenge today from the Apostle Paul that you inspired to write down these words. Help us to get better and more much that we speak daily. and We speak lots of them, Lord. We pause now, and uh, I'm asking, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, Lord, come today and be welcomed in your church. This is your church. And uh, we more specifically invite you to come and take charge of our individual lives, our thoughts, our wills our attitudes, our motives. Lord, you come and be the king. That's the place you deserve. Rule and reign. Not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. No unwholesome talk. No unwholesome words coming out of your mouth. The King James translates unwholesome as corrupt. Don't let any corrupt talk or words The Greek word literally means rotten, okay? So think in terms, don't let any rotten words come out of your mouth. Think of rotten fish or rotten steak or meat, okay? I I was working at a restaurant, and uh, in the cooler, a bad odor started developing, and, and we thought that Perhaps uh, it was a dead mouse. Yep, right up here. Uh, You don't have to look at it if if you have a queasy stomach. But anyway, we could smell something, and pretty soon after we were moving stuff out, we found um, uh, a tray of sticks that you could smell so bad. It was so green and so slimy. I remember um, we used tongs to pick it up and throw it away, and we threw the tongs away. Okay? So, yeah, that... That it's just bad, okay? Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, writing to the church at Walloon. Don't allow any rotten. What I grew up with. That's how I'm wired. That's who I am. Too bad. Deal with it. Okay. That that's my first excuse. Uh, uh, second is uh, I'm tired. I, I've had a long day, and I'm really maybe I'm not feeling that well. Uh, so it's okay that I'm spewing verbal diarrhea all over everybody. That's okay. Uh, Or, here's a classic one. Okay, Ron, I'm really good at this one. Uh, I didn't mean it. It was an accident. It it wasn't intentional. I I didn't mean to say those harsh, uh, judgmental, ugly, they just snuck out accidentally. I didn't really mean what I said. Or, uh, that person makes me crazy. This person drives me nuts. I don't have much patience with them. They're really hard to love, so I, I just can't say nice things to that person. Here's what God's Word says. Ready? Give me, give me your eyes. Followers of Jesus, when it comes to words that are ugly, filthy, uh, rotten to the core, knock it off. Quit excusing your rotten, rancid, slimy speech, okay? That's really true. Just knock it off. The first reason we make the effort to guard our words is because God's instruction manual for our lives is clear. Build and encourage each other up with your words and stop tearing down and damaging one another with your words. It's it's just pretty clear Build and encourage and knock off all the excuses you got for using words that are ugly and harsh and mean, and you could just go maybe filled with rumor and gossip. Whatever it is, your strain of it is that you struggle with, knock it off. Second reason why we must encourage and build one another up with our words, look at verse 30. This, this is interesting Ugly, filthy, rotten words grieve and deeply sadden the Lord who lives inside of us. Let me say that again because it's kind of an interesting, but at first it's kind of a tough concept. When we let ugly, rotten, filthy words come out uh, of our lives, we grieve the Holy Spirit that's taken up residence in our lives. You tracking? Look at verse 30. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The idea here is that when we say yes to Jesus, Emil, when I believe what Jesus did for me on the cross, blood took my place into the tomb, arose, and I opened the door of my life to Jesus. Track with me here for a minute. The Holy Spirit takes up residence. At that moment, we talked about it: baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit resides in us when we say yes to Jesus Christ. Okay, so now we've got the Holy Spirit living in us, and at salvation, it says, "Look at look at verse uh, thirty. We are sealed for the day of redemption with the Holy Spirit. Okay, the King's seal." an example up there, right? When the king seals our lives, the, the king would take his insignia ring and he put it into some wax, okay? And now it says this letter belongs to the king. You understand? Don't mess with this letter. If you mess with this letter, you're messing with the king. Go back to verse 30. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit, by King Jesus. So when we become a follower of Jesus Christ, we're sealed, we we belong to the King who's living in and through us. Does that make sense? And now, here's the problem, don't grieve the Holy Spirit who's got a front row seat when I'm spewing ugly, profane, rotten, putrid words. Do you understand? The Holy Spirit lives here in followers of Christ. And when I'm letting those types of words flow, I'm grieving God. I'm grieving Jesus and the Father, but specifically, I'm grieving the Spirit. Grieving means to feel sadness and sorrow and pain. And I'm telling you, you can only grieve someone who's close. You usually only grieve over, don't usually grieve over strangers, people we've never met, okay? We grieve over someone who's close and means a lot to us, the Holy Spirit, all genuine followers of Christ, okay? And he's listening to our gossip. He's listening to our harsh, angry words. He's listening to our impatient words. He's listening to our loud Uh, intimidating words, and he's grieved, because he's right there with us, and he's right, he's listening to every word that comes off of our lips. Second reason why we make the effort to speak words that encourage and build up and not damage or destroy is because those kind of words damage the most important relationship in our lives what's our most important relationship, anybody? It's, it's our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's our relationship with Christ and the Father and His Spirit who lives right here. Third reason we must not allow rotten, unwholesome, corrupt words to become a part of our daily vocabulary is because our words have consequences. In other words, these words lead to big, big consequences. Look at verse 31. He says, now don't grieve the Holy Spirit, verse 30. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Garbage-filled speech moves quickly into rotten attitudes. Track with me, okay? Our words, when destructive and damaging, first of all, affect those who we say them to, but our words that we speak also have a corroding uh, effect and damages me and damages you. So when we're letting those words fly, pretty soon it moves into not just words, but attitudes. Look back at verse 31. He tells us what he's talking about. He said, it leads to bitter words, okay, pointed, sharp words. When I let them fly, bitterness begins to develop. Now, this is interesting, not just in the person, John, I'm talking to, but in me. So I'm saying bitter, ugly, uh, hateful words. You get bitter because of my words, and I do as well. Corrosive on both sides. He says it leads to bitter words, it leads to angry words, rage, and anger. And now, I've ticked you off, and now you're coming back at me. Oftentimes, and now wrath is going at it. Do you understand? Look, look what he says. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling. That's when uh, the volume gets turned up. I'm sure none of you ever have done that, right? Never allow the volume to get up, and pretty soon you're in each other's face and you're yelling, uh, when, when two men do that, Chad, what's that mean? Very well, they may be rumbling. When the volume turns up and they're in each other's face, and they're yelling, uh, shouting, intimidating people around them, which leads to, what's the next thing? Slander. I'm actively using my words to make other people look bad. I'm really using all that comes out of my mouth to insult, taunt, uh, spread rumors, destroy people with my words. And the final one is malice. Malice is just hateful intent. I'm so angry at you, I'm so upset with you, I really want to destroy you. And whatever it is I have to say, I will use evil intent to harm and demolish your life. That's malice, it's really ugly. But do you notice it builds, and your words, as we keep saying them, the consequences get worse and worse and worse. And when our mouths are regularly out of control, these attitudes and actions get out of control. And you wonder why people are fighting and throwing and and brawling and yelling and insulting. This is what it's all about. And it just keeps coming, and it's like a snowball that builds. The challenge here, especially today, 2020, I would argue, the challenge is when we're hearing all of this all around us is not to allow the world to squeeze us into its mold. Look at the verse. Don't allow this world to squeeze you so we become like the world around us. That is the challenge for today because you look around and you say, man, everybody's angry, everybody's upset. That's true, but we're not called to follow their lead. Don't let this world squeeze you into its mold. Romans 12.1. Closing question. Okay, Pastor Jeff, (laughs) that was pretty strong. Uh, How do I do this? How, How do we get a grip on our out-of-control lips. How do we practically start living out what Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, commands us? Okay? I'm going to give you three suggestions. Here, the first, the first way we get a grip on our lip is to know that our words should matter to us because they matter to King Jesus. Okay? Why? Why should we and how do I do? First you got to know our words matter and our words really matter to Jesus Christ. Where do you see that? Matthew 12 verse 36. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they've spoken. Empty is the it has no value. Every word that you say that's ugly and worthless and useless, we're going to have to give an account for those on the day of judgment. Verse 37, this is interesting. For by your words you'll be acquitted, and by your words will be condemned. <laughs> uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh. First suggestion, to get a grip on your lip, we have to get convinced that our words matter. We need to become convinced that we need to make every effort, whatever it takes, to get control of what comes out of our mouths. Second suggestion, we must make the daily effort to get our hearts right with Jesus. Every day, if I want to get a grip on my mouth, I need to make sure my heart is clean and pure and controlled by Christ and my, my life is filled with His Spirit, okay? That, that's what it's going to take. Where do you see that? Luke chapter 6, verse 45, interesting verse. 6.45 says this, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. For the heart speaks what the heart is full of. In, in other words, whatever's coming out your mouth, that tells you the condition of your heart. Whatever is flowing, whatever's coming out of your mouth at any given time, it will tell you the temperature of your heart. And if words are ugly and condemning and slanderous and gossipy and, and kind of critical and cynical, that's what kind of heart I have right now. And if my words are encouraging and loving and forgiving and filled with grace, that tells me that my heart is filled with those things. Building up, encouraging, flowing from our lips comes from a heart that's in right relationship with Jesus Christ. Does it make sense? So, It's all about your heart, and if you want to get your mouth on the right track, get your heart right with Jesus Christ. It really comes back to that every day I need to get my heart filled with Christ, allow Him to take charge, allow His Spirit to flow through me, because then and only then can my words build up and encourage and give lots of grace, okay? Why and how do you get a grip on our lips? First of all, our words matter to King Jesus. Better matter to us. Secondly, make the effort to get your heart right daily with Christ because when our hearts are right with Christ, our words will follow. Third way we get a grip on our lip is to make the prayer of Psalm 141.3, a regular part of your life, okay? Here's what it says. Set a guard, Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Would you say that with me? Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Can I tell you something? I've told you this before. That's the prayer that this pastor says more than any other. Okay. Why? Because this is the area I struggle with. The, the greatest challenge I have in life, and I would argue for most of us, the greatest challenge you have, is to get a grip on our mouth and our words and our lips. And I'm just telling you, when you cry out, Lord, help me, and just before I came up and spoke, spoke here this morning, any guesses what prayer I'm praying? I actually prayed it twice, you know, just in case, just to remind me. Lord, put a guard over my mouth right now. Keep watch over the door, these lips. Lord, you take charge, okay? Regular, daily, encouraging, building up words. That's hard. That's hard. And I don't think we can do it. We got to get our hearts right and then we need to cry out and ask the Lord for help. Lord, I need you every day. Lord, help me to show love and build up and encourage the people that I love the most. Because those are the people who are hearing most of your words. Okay, Our words will either build up and encourage and bless those around us. Or our words will tear down and damage and destroy those that are around us. It's going to go one way or the other. Our words have the power of death and life in them. Did you know that? Our words have the power of death and destruction and life and encouragement. Let's pray. Lord, uh, (laughs) <laughs> this this message is for me, <laughs> but I think it's for all of us. So uh, we pause now, and for the next few moments, we invite you, Lord, to show us how uh, we've been speaking this past week. Would you make it clear? Would you make it obvious? Have we been building up and encouraging mostly with our mouths? Or, Lord, has there been too many words recently that have been tearing down and damaging and harming other people around us? Would you make that clear? We're listening. We need to hear from you. Lord's uh, knocking today, and he's saying, you know what? Regarding your mouth, recently, it's been out of control far too often, causing damage, tearing people around you down, and it's time that you start taking decisive action to get a grip on your lip, to get a grip on my lip. So as we close again I'm not going to make you stand or come forward but I would like to pray for you and if there's anybody here and you're saying like, you know what this past week hasn't been real great with my mouth a lot of words that have been flowing that really haven't shown a heart that's full of Jesus and and that needs to change, starting right now. Anybody? I'd like to pray for you as we close, buddy. That's that's my my mouth's been out of out of control. Yep, yep. Anyone else? Yep. Lord, I pray for my friends. I pray for myself. Would you help us to remember that our words really matter? First of all, to you. And if our words matter to you, the must matter to us. Would you give us the holy desire and passion to make the daily effort to get our hearts in right relationship with your son Jesus? Lord, every day would you help us when sin is obvious to not just lay there and excuse it, but do the U-turn and run to the cross and confess and get clean and Allow you then to take charge and sit on the throne and drive and allow streams of living water from your spirit to flow and splash out of our mouths and our lips. Jesus, help us to start praying that prayer from Psalm 141.3 a lot. Set a guard over our mouths. Lord, keep watch over the door of these deadly lips of mine. Help us, Lord, to shine bright for you. And if you're here today, or maybe you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, that's the first step to victory over reckless words is to confess Jesus as Lord. Romans 10, 9 says this, if we confess with our mouth, if we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Have you done that? Have you confessed, Jesus, you're my Lord. You took my place on the cross. You shed your blood for my greatest problem. I'm a sinner. Took my place in the grave and you raised from the dead and I believe that and I confess that with my mouth right here today. Open the door of my life. Take charge. Be my Savior, my King. And I need you to start taking charge of this mouth of mine. Work powerfully, Lord. thank you for uh, today when we've had the opportunity to worship you by studying your book. And thank you that we get to worship you by studying and singing praises to your son Jesus in song. Christ's marvelous name we pray. Amen.